Hello everyone, I am Jonathan Lill. I'm here today with episode 327 of Weekly Poker Hand. It's a lot of episodes. If you've watched them, if you've enjoyed them, make sure you click like, click subscribe. That would go a long way to helping me. If you're listening to the audio version of this, leave a review. I would appreciate it. All right, in this hand, we are playing 2-2, No Limit Texas Hold'em at Best Bet Jacksonville. Pocket aces under the gun for MJ. He's fumbling his chips all around. Let's talk about this real quick. I don't know anything about MJ, and I'm not trying to um, you know, give MJ a hard time here. But as a default rule, when people are overly excited, when they're fumbling their chips around a little bit, this is almost always, almost always a sign of excitement, okay? So if someone is excited, what do you think that means? Well, it means they probably have a good hand, right? Let's go back and uh, try to watch this. If I can rewind just a split second. If you're listening to this, sorry, you're gonna have to listen to me talk about this for a second. But anytime anyone does anything out of the ordinary preflop in terms of their physical mannerisms, that should make you be aware, all right, something's up. Like if they raise way too big preflop or if they put in the wrong chip when they normally don't put in the wrong chips. If they look at their cards and like all of a sudden perk up really, really tall, like that kind of thing is very often indicative of a premium hand. All right, so let's take a look at MJ, look at the, look at his aces. He's looking at his aces. He's like, oh my God, oh my God. Caps his cards. He has a stack of chips in his hand. He's playing with them and he just drops them all over the table. Like, look, I'm not going to say that's definitively a tell for specifically MJ, but often that kind of thing is true. And I will say, this is one of the reasons you actually want to be somewhat stoic at the poker table. You don't want to be playing with your chips and shuffling your chips. You just want to sit there calmly. Like, um, you know, look at Robert here. He is playing this hand. He puts his chips in and he isn't touching his cards. He isn't touching his chips. He doesn't have a card protector that he's fiddling with and putting on his cards in various ways based on the strength of his hand. He's just sitting there, right? And I think that's generally what you want to do. All right. Now that we uh, build Robert up a little bit, let's... let's uh, Let's talk about this ace-10 offsuit call on the cutoff. When someone raises under the gun, period, even ignoring any sort of physical tells, you need to fold out the big offsuit marginal hands like ace-10 offsuit, king-jack offsuit, queen-jack offsuit, jack-10 offsuit. Basically, if it's a big card with a 10 in it, it's a big card hand with a 10 in it. Unless it's suited, you just need to fold because you're going to be severely dominated. I mean, think about what Robert's under the gun range is, assuming he's not, I'm sorry, what uh, MJ's under the gun range is, assuming he's not insane. He probably has just all of the best hands, right? And most of those hands are going to dominate ace-10 severely. So you need to fold this ace-10 offsuit. If you are going to play it, you should probably three-bet it and bluff. That way, at least you get MJ to end up, you know, folding pre-flop or checking the flop and then folding to a flop bet when he doesn't have anything great. You do not want to be calling in this spot. This is a pretty big mistake that a lot of people in the small stakes make. The results in them just like finding themselves in really bad post-flop scenarios. All right. Let's see the flop. Flop comes. Ace, 10, 8. Disaster for Robert. He has top pair. Okay, kicker. MJ has the literal top set. And MJ decides to check with the top set. And look, from a GTO point of view, you're probably just supposed to bet this flop very close to 100% of the time. If you are going to have a checking range, it will be with hands like pocket kings, I suppose. It'll be with hands like ace two suited. And every once in a while, you slow play your aces. However, 
I just would not slow play here. And the reason I wouldn't slow play here is that if you are against an ace, playing pretty deep stacked, right? The pot's $24 with 443 remaining. You really, really, really want to get chips in the pot. Also, if your opponent has a pair, like pocket nines, they're going to call your bet. If you happen to get lucky and set, set up your opponent where they have a hand like ace-queen, they're going to call a flop bet and a turn bet and a river bet, right? And when you get tricky in these scenarios, I do not think it works out great for you unless your opponent is just especially terrible, where there's going to be huge calling stations. So this is a spot where I would have just bet if I'm MJ, but I, I think the check is defensible. Once he checks, should Robert bet his ace-10 offsuit? Well, what does MJ's range most likely look like in this scenario? If his range is bad aces and under pairs? Well, it's bad aces and under pairs, right? Will those hands call a flop and turn and river bet? I think the answer is obviously not, right? Unless it's maybe, I mean, maybe ace two calls a flop turn and river bet, but the under pairs certainly don't. So I think it's pretty reasonable just to check it back in this scenario and then bet turn and bet river if you get checked to. And also if your opponent bets turn and river, then you can easily call and you sidestep the scenarios where he's getting tricky with a hand like ace king or pocket aces. Not that you think you're against aces because you block it pretty hard. Anyway, I think Robert can go either way. It does go check, check. And then, oh my goodness, even more disaster. 10 of hearts on the turn. Ace, 10, I'm sorry, ace, eight, four, 10. Two hearts now. Brutal spot. Um, Robert, I mean, uh, MJ should definitely bet under the gun with his top set at this point. There are some draws available that he certainly doesn't want to let Robert draw it for free, like king, queen, and heart draws. Um, Also, you want to get value from a hand like jack-10 or pocket jacks or an ace, right? So pot's $24. I'd be betting on the big side. Typically when it goes raise preflop call and then it goes check check on the flop, when you bet the turn in MJ shoes, you're usually just betting with your draws, which there are some of, right? And you could easily have queen jack and whatnot. And then also your aces that are almost certainly good at this point. Not not your ace ace, but you're like ace ace two that checked the flop or something like that. Although checking that hand again could be fine. All right, so pot was 24 bucks. He pretty quickly fires out 13. I would definitely go bigger there. I'd go more like 18 or 19. And now Robert has an interesting spot where he has top two pair. It's almost certainly the best hand. However, because MJ checked the flop, you have to think he has a whole lot of marginal hands. So if he does have a marginal hand, will he call a raise? And I would generally guess no. But at the same time, you really want to get money in with ace-10, normally. <laughs> Not when your opponent has top set, but normally you want to be getting money in in this spot. And I think I probably would go ahead and put in the raise in this scenario. And I'd also raise with my draws that don't have a lot of showdown value. Like say I had jack-nine of hearts or queen-jack of hearts. Those are hands that you can raise with and then easily call if you get re-raised. So in the spot when I am raising, it is going to be very, very polarized with my best hands and my draws. And ace-10 certainly does count as one of the best hands. There really aren't a ton of great hands here, but ace-10 is one of them. Since you don't have very many nut hands, you can't raise very many draws. And if you are going to raise with, like whatever draws you're raising with, you want to make sure they have pretty good equity, given we don't have a whole lot of made hands. All right, river is the two of hearts. So the flush comes in, the, well, the backdoor flush comes in, the five-three comes in. And MJ checks. And at this point, I think you have a pretty nice spot to value bet. But if you think your opponent will bluff basically every time you check to them, then I think checking is fine. The thing is, you have to assume Robert has a whole lot of bluffs for that to happen. And to be fair, when you block top set, he is going to have a whole lot of bluffs. However, I think Robert's more likely to have a hand like an ace or a 10, right? And if he has an ace, he may not even bet if he has like ace 
five suited or something like that. And if he does have a 10, he's definitely not going to bet. So this is a scenario where I think MJ needs to go for a small bet. Pot's 50 bucks. I think he could go 20 and reasonably get called by those hands. Um, especially when you're playing against players who may not be overly world-class. And again, I don't know any of these players. Maybe they are world-class. But if they're not overly world-class, you typically want to size your bets based on what you're trying to get called by when you're value betting. And here we're trying to get called by some pretty marginal hands. And because of that, I think you want to go for a small bet. If you thought your opponent would um, assume you're bluffing with stuff like queen-jack, king-jack, and king-queen, uh, king though, then you should almost certainly go for a much bigger size. Um, some people in this scenario with top set actually get afraid and think, oh no, my opponent could have a flush, so I better be careful. Like, no, 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 no. We, we have the best hand almost always. Backdoor flush is pretty unlikely. It is you know, reasonable, but it's also pretty unlikely. All right, aces check. Um, Robert with his ace 10 has an easy value bet. Pot's 50 bucks. You're trying to get called here by under pairs and a 10, kind of like you know what I would think MJ is trying to get called by. Both these players have much stronger hands than I would think they have. Um, so he goes for a $25 bet, and I think that's fine. You're trying to get called by kings and queens and jacks and a 10 and a, a weaker ace, right? And how much will those call? Probably not a lot, so I like a $25 bet. I think that's quite nice. Back around to MJ. Can he put in a raise? All right, in this spot, you want to ask, if I raise, can worse hands call me? And I think given the way this hand's played out, this has been a very, very meekly played hand, I think that there are plenty of worse hands that can call. If you are against an ace, an ace will at least consider calling. If you're against a random two pair, like ace two, that's definitely going to call. If you're against, um, like ace 10, that's definitely going to call. If you're against a set, a random slow played set, that's definitely going to call. And, um, you know, for all we know, maybe he hero calls with ace jack or something like that. So I think this is a spot where it's pretty nice to go for a raise. You may say, well, my opponents only call me with flushes if I raise. And that could be true. If they only call with flushes when you raise, then you should not raise. But you have to know pretty clearly they only call with flushes. And there really just aren't a ton of combinations of flushes in Robert's range unless he's playing way too loosely preflop and playing like, you know, eight, five, eight, four suit or seven, four suited, which, you know, you got to think he's, he seems reasonable so far in, in all the hands we reviewed so far. So he's probably not playing total air, right? So his, his range is the ace, ace high flushes, which all of the, those exist. And then like king, queen, king, jack, queen, jack, you know, the suited connected type flushes. But it's only, I don't know, 15 combinations of flushes. And if you think about the number of combinations of ace x he could have and random sets and random two pairs, all of that, I think it's going to make it to where raising is certainly reasonable. Um, so it is an interesting spot, though, because you do block the aces, right? Like, if you had a set of 10s here, I would definitely raise. Because with a set of 10s, you don't block top pair of aces. But even even still, in this scenario, I think it's very reasonable to go for a medium-sized raise. So if he makes it 25, I'd make it 75, 100, something like that. You definitely don't want to go too big, because when you start making it really big, what's going to happen is then you actually don't get called by anything besides flushes. But I think it's fine to go for a medium-sized raise in this scenario. And you would also make a medium-sized raise with your flushes too, right? Because you're trying to get called by those type of hands. So anyway, after a bit of thought, MJ just calls, turns over top set. Robert proudly tables his ace 10. He's like, yeah, I win. But oh, oh. Oh, no, I don't. Not this time. So look, this was a pretty weakly played hand. And if you think about this, 
what just happened here? We had someone set up about as hard as they could be set up. Top set against top two pair. And they played a $100 pot, which is 50 big blinds. They put in 25 big blinds each. And if you're in Robert's shoes here, you have to be thrilled <laughs> that you lost 25 big blinds in a very, very bad setup spot. And if, if you're in MJ's shoes here, you should uh, be pretty unhappy with this result because, well, imagine the alternative, right? Imagine he just bets the flop normally, gets called. Imagine he keeps betting on the turn. MJ, uh, at that point, Robert's pretty likely to put in a raise because at that point, Robert's going to think that MJ must have something good like ace-king, right? And it's going to pay, pay off. So if he raises the turn, then you get to call or re-raise either one and you get to get a load of money in the pot. And if you bet the flop and bet the turn and and um, Robert does this play it slowly, you still get to value bet the river and you end up getting just substantially more money in this pot. I mean, this very easily could have been an all-in hand for you know 200 big blinds or whatever it was. Instead, they played a very, very tiny pot. So that's me for today. Hope you enjoyed this hand. When you have a good hand, you want to get full value. And... Um, but when, when you don't have the best hand, I, I suppose you don't want to. And fortunately, Robert, for, for Robert, he got off the hook this time. Have a great week. Enjoy yourselves. I feel like I'm rambling a bit. Sometimes that happens. Good luck in your games. And I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for being here.